And away we go. It is another episode of the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. Make sure, as always, you're getting down to the Holy Grail, watching the Bearcats, getting some buckets of beer. Thanks to everybody that headed down there. I don't think they needed our help much over the past couple weeks. I think they were right on their own. (laughs) Probably didn't need to spend a lot of marketing dollars. Uh, But thanks to everybody that did head down there uh, and catch the Bengals run and enjoy uh, everything that was uh, happening in the city down at the banks and especially with our partners at the Holy Grail. Let's get it going. I'm Chad Brendel, fresh off a, I'm sure fun, but disappointing trip to Los Angeles. He is Dave Simone. Got back to Cincinnati yesterday on the podcast today. Hi, Dave. Welcome in. Hello. How you doing? Still a little tired. Yesterday was a long, long day. Uh, but doing pretty that, good. That that journey home is always a lot worse than the journey there. Well, we, we had the 6 a.m. flight. Yeah. So that meant uh, up at shade before 3. Ooh. And, Woof. Uh, but, you know, flying Delta had four flights in total all early. There you go. No, no luggage issues, no airport issues. So all in all, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into many different aspects of, of my trip, but uh, it was a really good time and, until about two minutes to go in the game. So, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? It is what it is. We'll uh, we'll save the Bengals stuff for the end of the show, like always, so the people that don't want to hear it don't have to listen. Um, I guess we'll get started with uh, we'll get started with basketball. <clears throat> did you uh, did you get a chance to watch? I did get a chance to watch some. You know, after being gone for whatever, however long it was, wanted to you know hang out with the fam as much as I could, and you know. Bath time and bedtime gets in the way, but uh, I did get to watch some, and Memphis is playing pretty well right now, and they're they're just a different uh, class of athlete right now than the Bearcats. I don't think that's, you know, being derogatory. I just think that is what it is. I mean, you put the game on, and they just got a little bit of different juice than we do. Well, it's where it stands out so much outside of Tyler Harris and Alex Lomax. They're so long and they're so athletic and they've got nine, 10 guys that, that they can just run at you in waves. And it looks like they're finally, for whatever reason, coming together. Uh, it probably would have been really nice to, to play them back when the ice storm happened as opposed to playing them. They've come together when their superstar freshman has been absent. No, no, it's not weird, but I I will also (laughs) say there's a bigger difference. Everybody looks at Imani Bates Um, and and rightfully so. I get why, but really the difference in these past six games is, is Deandre Williams being back. Right. I mean, I was being, I know, I know, but I'm just saying there is like, there is actually something that changed that everybody looks at Imani and I'm sure it probably would have been more of a problem 
when Williams came back because then where, there, yeah, because yeah, where's Amani's minutes going to come from uh, in that scenario? But but once they got DeAndre Williams back and, and they they kind of started to hit their stride, like you can just see they're playing with a crap ton more confidence. They're playing with a lot more purpose. They 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 seem to have finally like like you can tell what they're trying to do instead of just running around and, and being crazy athletic. Like they, they look like they're trying to accomplish something on their offensive sets <laughs> rather than just kind of waiting for somebody to make a play. Yeah, I'm um, sure too. Like roles are much more defined now. Yeah. And and just not that guys were looking over their shoulders, but like when Amani was and it's it's probably unfair to like cast a ton of blame on him, but they just seem to be more connected, more organized, more you know, more everything. Obviously they're on a six game win streak and most of those games haven't exactly been close. Um, so you know, you see just ran into what I think is pretty fair to say currently the second maybe best team in the conference right now. Yeah, maybe the best. Like, I would – right now, like, they look better than Houston looks at the moment. Um, But, you know, it's crazy when I watch them. I'd, I'd, I'd give a couple fingers for Josh Minot. Yeah, just one of those, like, yeah, he's, what, he's a freshman too, isn't he? True freshman. He was he number was 45 like, in the country. But in their class, like, the – totally unheralded guy. Right. And just has kind of been like a little bit of the do all, you know, gl- almost glue guy that they've been able to count on almost night in, night out, which you usually can't do with a freshman at almost any level. Like even the top yeah. guys, top guys are going to have freshman nights and he's been pretty consistent all year once his, once his minutes were established. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're not expecting him to be your top one or two guys. Now, there's been nights that he has been, but he's almost always their third guy. Like 10, 12 points, six, seven rebounds. Right. Doesn't do anything stupid. That's that's about as more valuable as like, you know, yeah, you can get 30 in a game, but don't give me two. Like if if you're a coach and you know what this guy is going to pretty much give me on a night-in, night-out basis – how much, you know, and being a freshman, how much does that ease your mind with the rest of the roster? Yeah. And now you've got, you know, you've got Tyler Harris kind of fitting into his role. Alex Lomax, who I still, I've always had a bit of a man crush on Alex Lomax because I think the kid just knows how to win. Um, so they've got now two lead guards that are totally different players, but can help in a lot of ways. Um but but you have to say, and there's the, the look at last night. Look at look at Manat. Fifteen minutes, ten points, five of six from the floor, six rebounds, two blocks, two steals. Fifteen minutes. That is, and it's like every night. An efficient game. I like that's what you're looking when you're when you're shopping in that like fifty to one hundred type range which is, I think, where the staff is going to be shopping a lot uh, as things head to the Big 12, you're looking for Josh Minot. <laughs> that, like, that's the epitome of this is the type of play hard, understands the game, 
right. does exactly what we ask. Like a top never, never plays outside of who he is. Top 75 guy who can come in, contribute, but we know we can, we're can. we going to have two or three, maybe four years to develop him. And if he sticks around long enough, can be that that guy. You know. Right. He knows coming in, like there's going to be some guys ahead of me. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And he's cool with that because he knows his role. And he knows he's still going to get minutes because he's good. But you feel comfortable in the fact that I'm going to have this guy for a couple more years and he can be a major, major piece to build around. Yeah. And then you look, you get Quinones, you get Nolly, you get Harris that we talked about. Those are their veteran guys, all of them in double digits. Duran was Jalen Duran. Like, he's just a monster. Um, and he gets you 13 points in 19 minutes. Um, and then Lomax gets you nine assists. Like every piece there is now, like you said, accepting and understanding their role and becoming better at their role and, you know, starting to, to really come together as a team. And this is year four. Like, if you look at it, there's a couple of these guys that have been there since year one, year two with Penny. This is not a young team anymore. They have a couple of young pieces, but Nolly, Quinones, Williams, Lomax, Harris, Dandridge. Like, those are all dudes that have been in college basketball for a long, long time. And it's finally coming together. Uh, you have to be happy with the fight they showed in the second half, though, right? Like, they got their ass kicked. From the jump, yeah, it Memphis wasn't, Memphis. Uh, wasn't a, uh, a good start. That's for sure. Cincinnati shot twenty-one percent from or twenty twenty-something percent from the floor. I forget what the final number was. Ten percent from three, twenty-six percent from the floor, ten percent from three. They turned it over seven times in the first half. It would have been real easy at halftime to just be like, eh, "Not tonight." <laughs> Lick our wounds and get ready. Quick turnaround. We're going to go ahead and hit cruise control and get ready for Wichita State on Thursday. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I don't know. I don't – this team's just so – I mean, they're consistently inconsistent that, you know, I just – I don't know. It's not like you can take that second-half effort and really expect it to translate. I, I think you can at times. Like it's a it's a glimpse of how well they can play. But I mean, you can't ex- like you can't look at that and go, "Oh, we turn they turn the corner." There, that's what we no. expect. No, but no, that's yeah. not what I was saying. It's there, like, we're, but it's been there all year. It's just they've been wildly, they've been consistently inconsistent. Just win loss or win win loss. I mean, it's just kind of how they've been for the last couple months, really. Yeah, and I we talked about this a little on the nightcap. I think last night, it's a team that they're because of the roster and 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 needing an upgrade in talent. It's somebody said to me earlier today. The the big problem is, and it's 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 not far off, right? But the problem is, everybody needs to be one step down. Like if David DeJulius was your number two option. And Jeremiah Davenport was your number three guy that teams kind of, you know, they have to shut down one and two, and then Jeremiah gets a little bit more space and a little bit more time to get a shot off. 
And, and then all of a sudden, you know, Mike Adams Woods and John Newman, those guys are your fourth, fifth option. You go to your bench. Everything fits a lot better. But if, if did Julius like if, if, if Jared on this team, right, hypothetically, if, if Julius was in Troy Copain's role, yeah, I don't even think it needs to be that. Like, like Troy, those guys, those guys weren't ready yet, really, at that point in time. Jake and Gary, like they were, they were getting there, but Troy was still kind of the number one option all the way. He struggled his senior year some. But at least yeah. sophomore, junior year. Yeah, but I just mean like you had a more got more. I mean, you had more guys around you. Yeah, I'm saying though, like it's still Troy was still considered the number one guy. Yeah, I'm talking about if there was a Jaron. Yeah. You know, if if there's a Jaron ahead of the, at the top of this roster, and now the Julius can slide down, and Davenport can slide down. And and Adams Woods and Newman can slide down a spot. Yeah, then all of a sudden things things start to fit a little bit better. There's a lot more continuity in what you're trying to do. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hi, Ed. Sorry, I didn't get get to you. Hi, just love you, Ed. Um, they're they're just I don't think they're insanely far off, but I also don't think they're super close. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the parts are just kind of, you know, cobbled together a little bit and they don't exactly fit right. And you've got some some good players. No, you know, I don't think I'm out of my mind saying, like, no great players. And I think David has entered very good status with what we've seen over the past right. two, three weeks. But it, like... Is he conference player of the year quality? Against, no. against good teams, the opponents can just go, yeah, we'll just play him straight up. And if he gets 20 to 25, okay, whatever. But we just know that none of the other guys are going to get 18 and make it a problem for us. Or they do what Memphis did in the first half, which is double him basically everywhere he went or, or deny and pressure everywhere he went took him out of the game in the first half, and they're down by 17 at halftime. Yeah, you just make him give the ball up. Yeah. He didn't, like, he was, he wanted, he got it and wanted to go, and Memphis was like, where, where are you going? <laughs> we got two six seven guys with seven-foot wingspans standing here. Where do you think you're going? Where are you going to possibly go? So, that, I mean, more really annoyed and and upset about the Tulsa loss um because I I think that's that was I mean that's that's kind of the thing though right like for all of the stuff we just said like and granted you can't you have to look at it that way because this is that's the way this team is but you're just you just kind of look back and go man don't lose that tempo and don't lose that Tulsa and you just feel totally different yeah even though, even though we know this this isn't this isn't a tournament team, it's not something like that. Flip those two games, and you just have a, just a much different mindset about this year's team. Because I don't think this year's team is a huge 
like reflection towards next year's team. I think it's kind of a one-off being that it's a first year and we know there's going to be some, some, you know, two, obviously three, you know, high school additions. And then we, you know, we feel pretty comfortable saying they're going to be hitting the portal because everybody hits the portal. So it's going to look different again. Um, but yeah, you just take those two games and you're just like, man, if you could have just had those, it just, the vibe is totally different. Go ahead. No, because you just feel like you're not so up and down. Right. And, and, and you, you can stomach losing to Houston. You can stomach losing to Memphis. If none of – if those other losses in between there don't happen. Right. But then you're like, well, we know we're not beating the good teams and we're also not beating the bad teams. So it's just like from night to night, you just don't know what you're getting. But, and, but, but then you are beating SMU and you are beating Wichita State. And you like right. – you, it, it's like – each night is a complete coin flip. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, they're consistently inconsistent. Like, you go yeah. on the road and you beat Wichita State, and then you go on the road and you can't beat Tulsa or Temple. I still hate staying on the road. They stayed on the road from South Florida to Tulsa. I don't like the, you know, four days. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a fan. I get why they did it. I, I do think I do think what factored into it. It was let's spend a day in Florida, like just get away, bro, for sure. Get some get some time time together as a team, like yeah. But it always feels like that second game when you stay out on the road, you don't get the same team that you you normally get, which. Yeah. That goes back a while. Like that, that goes back a while. We should be better next year. I agree. Um, and still, you know, still need to see the, the pieces. I mean, if De, if DeJulius doesn't come back, I'm. I mean, I'm not sure that's accurate. Well, I mean, then you got to get. You know, you have to go get <laughs> a dude, dude right, in the portal. Like, you know, hopefully, I would love to have him back. Hopefully, he doesn't come to that. But like. Tell me who that dude dude is, and then I'll tell you if they're going to be yeah, next year. Right. That's the problem with the portal is like, what's you give me the question? It's like Jeopardy. You need the question first. We talked about it. You the need the answer first, and then the question. We talked about it in the past. You know, how many seven out of ten times are not going to deliver what you expect? Right. I, I like it. You know, people brought up in talking about the portal when we talked about this last week. People brought up Jack Nunji. Okay, well, Jack Nunji was often injured at, at Iowa and played behind the National Player of the Year. So, like, let me pull up Jack Nunji's stats. Um, where's points? I'm looking to. I'm looking at a different. I'm looking at the wrong line. Uh, points. Freshman, 5.7. Sophomore, 6.0. Junior, 7.1. Rebounds, three a game, four and a half a game, five a game. Three-point percentage, 30%, 21%, 29%. Field goal percentage for a seven-footer, 44%, 36%, 45%. Those were all his numbers coming coming into Xavier. And he missed, like his sophomore year, he missed almost the whole season. He only played five games. Um, He never played over 18 minutes a game. 
What do you think our fan base's reaction would have been if Jack Nunji had committed to UC in the portal? Well, mine would have been, that's nice. He's just another dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not impressed. I, well, I shouldn't say to me, dudes are dudes. I would say yeah. he's a guy. Yeah. He'll be a rotational guy. Like, okay. They needed yeah. a big guy. They went out and got a seven footer that was at Iowa. Like, but there's nothing about those numbers that, that gave any indication that he was going to be 13 points, seven rebounds, shoot 54% from the floor, 35% from three. Like and 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 in a lot of time, a lot of the season, a lot of the games, he's been their best player. Well, so yeah, if there's if there's a secret code to go figure out who the next Jack Nunji is, please share. Here's a funny one for you. Speak since you brought him up tonight, he's got twenty and six, and they're about to lose to St. John's, and they're getting their doors blown off at home to St. John's. Yeah. So, like, yes, everyone would. Uh, is my family doing better? Yes, Kelly is doing great right now. She, uh, she's got uh, clinical trial tomorrow. Her first one was last week. She's doing really good. Thank you for asking. Um, but yeah, but that's the problem with the portal, Dave. There was nothing about Jack Nunji that said, "Damn, that's an awesome get for Xavier." Well, like, if, if you. If you knew that was what was going to be happening, he wouldn't be at Xavier. Yeah, he'd be at Kansas or Duke or <laughs> North Carolina. Like, but they got it right. And that's like, that's the point being, that's the crapshoot of the portal. It's just, it's, I'm not going to call it a guessing game, but, but you have no idea either when you add a piece in the portal. You have no idea how that guy is going to react in one of two ways. A, he's coming from a similar level school, but his expected minutes are going way up. Yeah. You don't know what that means. Or B, they're coming from a – they're coming up, and his – what he did might be impressive, but you have no idea if that's – what level that is going to translate to. Exactly. So right. it's, you know – you just you, you don't know. you literally don't know you have no, no clue playing with all new guys playing against all new guys after you've been a you know in his case three year college player and turning into he's probably going to end up being second team all big east something along those lines like great job by Xavier to scout and and hit on the guy, but I just don't I, I, like like I said. I think if, if you would have proposed UC fans with Jack Dungey last off season, could definitely not hear you right now. <laughs> Chad, you need to switch your audio over. You didn't. You didn't. Switch I thought I did. Over. No. I did. It just didn't take. You're just oh. fading, fading to dark. <laughs> That's well, funny. It's the uh, solo show with David Simone. But yeah, I mean, six games left. 
three on three at home, three on the road, a pretty tough final little run because of the rescheduled games. I mean, really the only, the only one you're not overly worried about, I guess, would be South Florida at home. Right. Um, should be Temple, but Temple is, is getting back to being Temple in that their defense is good enough and Cincinnati's offense is shaky enough to make it a problem. That you could be looking at another one of those. It's 56 to 53 with it's an underforced timeout, and we'll see what happens. And then UCF on the road with the problems we've seen this team have on the road. You can't feel overly comfortable about that, right? I mean, no. You've you've dropped games to two of the worst teams in the conference on the road. Yeah. Like I I mean, I feel like any road win the rest of the way would be a surprise. Well, I mean, is the that The three road games left the rest of the way are at UCF, at Memphis, at SMU. Right. So like, I mean, I'd be pretty surprised if they won any of those i'm with you on that and they're going to get smu on smu senior night and pissed off as all hell that cincinnati killed them here yeah so i mean they're just it's just a game where smu can't afford a loss if they want yeah, to they're try gonna to be trying it. to get into the tournament they're right. on the bubble now yeah Gotta love Houston for the uh, you know, Do, doing the you know doing the the, the yeah. league is solid, starting to lose a couple games. We need you to drop these two to SMU and Memphis, so SMU and Memphis can maybe get us a couple extra tournament credits on the way out the door. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, yeah. If they go three and three, I think that's yeah, know. and that gets you to nineteen. Going into the AAC tournament, which was right where I said, you know, 19, 19 wins, 17 to 19 wins. They're at 16. You know, we, we adjusted up a little bit after Illinois, and then we recorrected again <laughs> a couple weeks later. I think we were right from the start, clearly, you know, that, that 18, 19 win range. If they can go three and three the rest of the way. Um, tomorrow night's an important one in that. They go three and three and win a game in the conference tournament. I'll be totally fine with the season. That's 20. Uh, I would be fine with that. Yeah. If they go less than three and three in the, the rest of the way, that means they drop something at home that they probably shouldn't have. And then if they don't win a game, I'll just, I'll kind of look at it as a flame out rest you know second half of the season yeah i mean i think somebody brought up a good point um with a new coach you always have that i don't want to say element of surprise but the first time you see a new coach especially if they've got a decent roster and i know everybody's up in arms this is not a terrible roster is it a great roster is it is it a top of the conference roster no is it a bottom of the conference roster also, no. You know what it is? It's a middle-of-the-conference roster. 
Where are they placed right now, Dave? It's fine. <laughs> They're in the middle of the conference. And, that, and that's part of the reason that it's like, you know, you either need to be really good or really bad. <laughs> like, Yeah, but that doesn't work in college basketball. No. Being really bad gets you nothing. No. It's not like you can, like, you know, you're not getting draft. You're not getting draft picks. You, you don't get to you. You don't get to land a five star recruit because you finished last. That'd be funny <laughs> if you could, right? Like, all right, here's here's the last team in the top seven conferences. You guys get the first seven recruits this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a middle of the conference roster. It, it, that's that's the cold hard truth about it. And it's not what people want to hear because people want it like people either it's it's one of two things. Either it's a win the conference roster or everybody has to go. Well, I think it's part of the issue with, with some I I figure is that you look around the conference and you're like, none of these other teams are that good. Why you know, we know we're not this is a you know, not so, so here's the problem with that now. None of like so you're trending towards three teams potentially getting in if they handle their business down the stretch. Um, that would still be stunning to me. I mean, they're both right there, first four in, last four out. Like that's where they're both SMU and Memphis are both at. But then don't they have to like play play each other again still or something? Who knows? I don't know if they have to play each other again. Um, but my, my point being, the problem is now the middle of the conference has improved, but only to the point that all of them are about the same. So there's not a lot of separation. In the, it used to be like there were pretty clear tiers in this conference. Like, these are the three best teams. They're probably going to make the tournament. Yeah, these are the next three and everybody teams. else stunk. Yeah, like, and then it was a huge drop-off to, like, the bottom five or six of the conference. Now it's more like, this is the best team. These two, Memphis and SMU, are a little bit better than everybody else. And then there's, like, four or five teams that are all just kind of in that same lump of they got a couple guys. They don't have enough, but they have, you know, enough players that on any given night they can play well and give you problems. Um and that's it, it, that's the unfortunate part for Cincinnati. In the old days of the American, there would have been five or six teams that would have been easy to just beat the hell up on to get the 10-12 conference win. Right. And that's not really where it's at right now. So, but it's it's a middle of the conference roster. Like, the, the, and I know why people are scared because we're probably going to be playing in the Big Twelve and. Two, two, you know, after the next season. So they look at it and say, look, if we got a middle of the American roster, which they over-exaggerate to, you know, uh, we got a, I've seen, a, it's a Horizon League roster. It's a MAC roster. These teams would destroy both of those leagues. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think the, the scary part is just how much – Work needs to be done. Yeah, well, how, yeah. How much? And so, and Michael asked, "Do you guys know when we're going to the Big Twelve? No, we don't know. But if um, I had to guess, it'll if be twenty twenty three. 
it would be July 1st, 2023 would be the official date that they would be in the Big 12. That would be my guess as well. So the question becomes, can you do what you need to do to this roster before October 2023? And with the transfer portal and with the recruiting bump you should get from going into the Big 12, You, you should feel confident that they will have a Big 12-level roster. To where you're at least competitive on most nights against most teams. And the reality is still that they'll probably start that first year at the bottom of the Big 12. Well, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, like, realistically, like, just as high as, as high as we are on football moving into the Big 12 and continuing what they've done – it's because they've had four years now of sustained high, high, high level success. Right. And they'll be going into the Big 12 with what we hope to have been another year of high level success, high level recruiting. Basketball will be going to the Big 12 with at most one year of higher level success, higher level recruiting. Yes, and and going into a much much tougher, I mean, far 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 tougher, top to bottom basketball conference. Right. It just—it's funny you mentioned the like four years of sustained success, where the basketball has been four years of being turned upside down over and over again, like. That's hard to maintain. That's hard to survive. Well, sure. I mean, it's we hard to at, work through. We look at all the football teams that we play week in and week out. That They basically go through the same thing. Right. There's a reason we have such an advantage. It's because it's a machine now. It's not tons of new coaches, massive transfer portals. New head coach, you know, different philosophy. It's, you know, it, it's they're they're polar opposites of each other right now. Football and basketball, in the infrastructure, in just the continuity, in all of those things, they're polar opposites. Do you see any parallels between Luke's first year and Wes's first year? No, because Luke's first year is way worse than that than this. True, very true. <laughs> like, and Luke says it, and I think our our diehards know. Like, they should have won one game. Yeah, they should have won one in eleven. You know. So no, I, I mean, this situation is in was in much better shape than that was. And what was the belief at the end of that season? Everybody's got to transfer. This whole roster stinks. Nobody's good enough. And yeah. what did they do? They took some of those returning guys and they developed them. And they inserted some of, you know, that 2017 class that ended up changing the program. Say what you will, that that class was the class that changed the program. Derek Forrest, Kobe Bryant. I mean, I guess that's, that's the thing you hope for basketball is. Right. You get an influx of natural talent in – Daniel Skillings, Josh Reed, 
coupled with, you know, I won't even say transfer portal because who the hell knows what that's going to be. But coupled with skill improvement, like we saw in football from the returning guys, in some of the pieces that come back and that they can, you know, contribute on a higher level. And then, you know, next year you're you're battling for that upper tier in the conference. You're kind of that Memphis SMU where we're kind of on the bubble. We need some good wins. Can't drop any losses, bad losses. Right. That's what I want to see next year. Like that, I think that's a, a real realistic expectation is to be in the mix to make the tournament as an at-large team. Yeah, and that's not that doesn't necessarily mean make it or bust, but it means no. I want to like this time next year with six games to go. I want to look at the schedule and go if we win this game, this game, this game and don't lose to this crappy team on selection Sunday, we will be nervous on whether we get in or not. And if you beat Tulsa and Temple, like you said, or Tulsa and Tulane uh, at the start of the conference season, and you do a better job against Monmouth, who you had no business losing to, like all of a sudden you're talking about a 19-win team already that's that's 19-6 and and has a win over Illinois – and a win over SMU, and you're probably talking about them in that that you're, light. Yeah, because you're a fringe team because you're you don't really have the wins to put yourself in the tournament right now. Right. But you can, you have the ability to put yourself there because you're still playing SMU again. You're still playing Houston again, and you have the conference tournament. As long as you right. don't lo- drop any like really really bad games, you know that's where I want to be next year. I want to see. What the what the freshman can provide, who takes, who grows, and then at this point next year, six games left, are we in the mix? Like if we yeah. do if we do what we're supposed to do or what we think we're capable of doing on selection Sunday, maybe we don't even feel confident, but you're at least like it could go our way. And if we don't right. get in, hey, we don't get in. But like, you know, be Get us to the point. But we're, where, look, but we're looking at bracket, bracket matrix. Right. Get us and to the point where we're, where we're nervous on Selection Sunday. Uh, do you guys expect some players entering the transfer portal? Yes. It's it's college basketball. Like, do I think there's going to be a lot? Do I think it's going to be a mass exodus? No. It might be one. It might be two. Um, I don't expect, you know, a large number there. But I think anytime you have a – I mean, it's college basketball, but anytime you have a first-year coach as well, like – Somebody is not gonna want to come back. Like, right. that's just, I mean, I'm not saying who it is. I don't know, but like, it'd be totally, you know, not unrealistic, but just totally against the grain, so to speak, of college basketball for a new coach to come in and have a, you know, just we'll just say, I mean, it's pretty average year. And yeah. I think this is the epitome of average. And everybody come back. Like that, I would be pretty surprised if that happened. Yeah. Do I know who? No. Will we know who until it happens? Probably not. But what it'll be, it'll be what normally happens. Like I know patience is very difficult for fans because you you want to know everything right now. 
Well, but, I mean, let's, let's be real, man. We've been really damn good for a long time. Of course. Nobody – I don't I, I don't blame anybody that isn't patient. Like I don't either. But what I'm saying is we don't – I'm, I'm talking about, like, who's going to be in the port. Until those conversations happen, nobody right. knows. I mean, we, you don't know. I mean, that's not going to happen. Just like with the guys going pro or coming back, that's not – in football, that's not discussed until the season's over. Right. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, do I think they'll have a scholarship or two to play with when it's all said and done? Yeah, I think they probably will. One will definitely be for a big man. Um, and, but you would like probably another six, seven wing type player that can I, score. Yeah. I mean, I really, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be one of the freshmen or if it's going to be a transfer, but like we talked about him already. Like, Give me a Josh Minot. Like, yeah. like give me somebody. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that, but I mean, just like that I know every night, regardless, not every night, because we know that's probably unrealistic, but 75, 80% of the games, I know I'm getting eight to 10 and five to seven every time. Yeah. How different is this team if there was a guy out, you know, outside of David and Jeremiah. Jeremiah, that we knew every night was going to score eight to 12 points and grab five to seven rebounds. Look how much, like their best stretch of the season outside of the trip to Kansas City. Their best stretch of the season when they beat Wichita, when they beat SMU. John Newman was doing that. John yeah. Newman was giving them eight, 10, 12 points. Even, and the, that Memphis, made things, even the Memphis loss. Yeah, that made things all of a sudden look drastically different. And then he had the knee, like the scare with the knee, and he hasn't been the same guy. Like, that's even the best team. That's how thin the line is. Well, even you have the best to have team, three or four guys. Even the best teams aren't beating good teams with two guys. Right. It's not how it I mean, works. The best teams obviously have a bunch of five stars and they have a bunch, but like, even the best teams can't win games if only two of their guys show up. Right. It's got to be a three or four man deal. And right now they're at two. Like, and the one I, is wild, you know, who, who yeah. the hell knows from night to night, from half to half. <laughs> I, I talked, I posted about the, like, said something of this nature on the board last night. Like, you wonder why Wes went out and got Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed, both of them six, seven, six, 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 seven, both of them seven foot wingspan. And then you watch last night. And it gives you a data point as to, oh, that's why. Like, that that's it. it. You know, like, oh, now that starts to make sense. Somebody's like, why don't we ever press? And I'm like, who do you feel confident guarding the basketball in the half court now? Do you <laughs> want them to guard the basketball 60 feet from the hoop? And that's just, like, you want to watch just – Pre-game warm-ups, that'd be the same thing of layup after layup after layup. Right. You got bigs that can't that don't move that well, and you got guards that don't guard that well. Like, how are you pressing anybody? And you're you know not you, long on, and you're not long yeah. on the wing. So, like, right. what pass what what passing lanes are you taking away by pressing? Why was Memphis able to jump David DeJulius? Because <laughs> they put two six seven guys with seven foot wingspans. Right in his face. And if you looked, he was staring into their chest like this. Ah! 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the the parts, you know, the parts don't. The allow parts you are what they are, but you're not pressing with like that. that. But if you watch West at UNCG, you know what he wants to do? Press. Definitely wants to press as much as possible. Who's committed to UC basketball? We've talked a little. We've mentioned both of the like two of the, the wings. Uh, Daniel Skillings, who is a 6'7 shooting guard from Philadelphia. Josh Reed is a 6'7 combo forward uh, from Atlanta. Sage Tolentino, a seven-footer, originally from Hawaii. He plays at Hamilton High School. Uh, do you foresee David DeJulius returning next season? Chuck, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> no clue. Like, that's those conversations haven't happened. So like with John Newman, we know, right? John, like John Newman would be a surprise if he didn't return because he said he came here to play two years for West Miller. Like we know that he told us that. Right. David and Julius, we don't know. Like we, we don't have any idea what his thought process is on. Does he, does he want to spend a fifth year in college playing basketball? Does he, does he want to go live in a hippie commune in Oregon? Like we, we have no clue. Like what, you know, maybe he wants to work on a show cruise uh, in the, in the Caribbean. Maybe he like just doesn't like school and it's like, I'm done. <laughs> right. Like we, that, those That's conversations. All, that one is always my favorite. It's like, why wouldn't that guy come back? Well, maybe he doesn't like to go to class. <laughs> right. Maybe As someone who school. didn't love to go to class for much of his college career. I can, I can tell you like not everybody wants to just keep doing the class and the lifting and the workouts and the travel. Without being paid. They just, they're just, they've, you know, they've had, the, they've had enough. And if they want to pursue a professional career, like you're 24 years old, it's time to go get paid some for yeah, some of them. For something. Some of them are like some, Garrett Campbell and they're like, you know what? I'm going to be something. a doctor. So I'm going to be in school for 10 years anyway. I might as well get, you know, a couple of years paid because his first couple of years were a walk-on. Then he moved on to scholarship. Shit. Might as well, might as well get that extra year, that six year paid for while I continue on my schooling. Like each situation is different. Um, none of the none of the decisions have even been discussed at this point. So does he? I, I like. I would. I would be disingenuous if I said one way or the other because I have be absolutely guessing. no clue. We'd just be guessing. Yeah. Uh, do I? Do I have T-shirts of UC? Yes, a couple of T-shirts. A couple of them from our recent partners at Homefield Apparel. Go check it out there, Michael. Homefield Apparel. Look up the UC selection uh, collection. It's very good. Um. I don't. I don't have a ton more on basketball. Do you? No, we've gone like 45 minutes on it. This is like heaven, like breaking out in hives. <laughs> football's up, Dave. I know. Fo I know. Football's over. Well, football for is two never, and a half weeks. Football for is two and a half over. weeks, football is over. Two and a half weeks. And then it's back. Are you, are, are you going to be there with me? Uh, on March the weekends? 10th? No, not during... But like the first day? Yeah. Well, when's the first day? March 5th. Oh, that's a Saturday, maybe. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Yeah. And then March. I think 
I think okay. Saturdays Saturday it's going to be every Saturday. Are we st- are we, are they still under like uh, COVID protocols and whatnot? Ah, uh, depends on the university. But I mean, like, what do you is you see? They were, and then it's kind of la- it's letting off a little bit now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, gen- well, that first week will probably the way it's generally worked. That first week is in the bubble, right? And then spring break is when they take down the bubble. Yeah. So that's so they go a week and then they have spring break and then they come back and and do the rest. Um. So once the bubble's down, like, well, yeah, that why. once that sure. It, it's. It, Things have been uh, slowing down in their uh, restrictions. So <clears throat> hopefully you'll be allowed to be in there. That I, I, I will be allowed. We'll be allowed. We'll be fine. Yeah, I just didn't know, like, if you still had to wear a mask, if you still had to, all those types of things. We, we still have to wear them um, at games. Because where I was on Sunday... COVID didn't exist inside SoFi Stadium. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't exist at Jerry World either. That was a big surprise. Well, that was Texas. I mean, there's not I, all I'm, these crazy... Sarcasm, Dave. Sarcasm. Right, there's, it's like, there's still all these mandates out there. And not one person has to see my Vax card and no one said to anybody, put a mask on. Yeah, that was... If you go to California, you can't get in without a Vax card. Yeah, no, uh-huh. Gonna, can't, sure, sure thing. <laughs> you can't go anywhere or do anything. Did you have it with you just in case? Or Well, yeah, you carry it around, but like half the restaurants we went to, they didn't ask to see it. Some of them did. Nobody ever told you to put a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> but Strange world. All right, let's get to uh, the news of the week, Dave. How about our guy, Justin Williams? We talked to him on Monday on the uh, BBP. Saving the city. Justin saved the city <laughs> on Monday as uh, everyone was, was mourning a... the Bengals' loss. Justin just happened to be in Luke Fickle's office for an interview. Said, is there any progress on that contract? Luke goes, yeah, the contract's done. What do you want to know? Here you go. <laughs> and the city rejoiced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, through 2028, 20, six years. Uh, $5 million a year assistant pool bumped up to 5.2 million, uh, which is much more competitive in line with power five football. No, I'll answer um, Grant's question real quick. He asked about the salary pool. It that covers everybody. Yeah. So like Brady analysts, whoever is on the football support staff is also included in in that number the 10 on-field assistants and then everybody else uh all included in that um so what was your initial reaction i know we um this is what we talked about like it's getting done my initial reaction is somebody stepped up because i was not expecting it to go to five what were you thinking four and a half yeah, I mean that's 
that's a big percentage boost. And in the same with the set, the staff pool, like See, he was at what? 3.4 and went to five. Yeah. The and staff the staff pool, pool was at, at 3.6 and that, went to yeah. 5.2. 5. 5.2. 5. 3.8. 3.8 went to 5.2. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like we said, we weren't surprised that it happened. I was a little, just a little surprised at the number. I mean, 5 million. $10.2 million for this, for football. There ain't a whole, I mean, there ain't a whole lot of, uh, places around the country paying more for their coach than that. No, it's right around top 25, right? I mean, and, we don't know. And the there's a whole lot of places paying schools. their coach more than that, that haven't done near as much as what he's done. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Very true on that. Um, how about the, uh, the information we got that John Cunningham brought this to him in week seven. Luke said, I'm not opening that. I'm going to put it in my bag. We'll get to it when the job is done. Uh, like, I I think people think that we're that's, lying. That's very on brand. I think, I genuinely think people don't believe us when we say, like, he will not deal with this shit during the season. He won't do it. And I, I think they genuinely think we're lying. Well, I mean, read the rest of the Q&A and it's like during the season, if it doesn't have to do with ball, he doesn't care about it. At all. And I think that because so many coaches have lied and you know what I mean? Like have been caught in those lies. Everybody thinks, well, this guy's lying too. And it's like, no. No, really, that's that's how his brain just works. Now, I could see, you know, in reality, five, ten minutes one night, he kind of reads through it. But, like, it's not like he read now, through if it. If anybody but, read through it, it would, like, he gave it to Amy. Right, but I mean, like. here. But I, what I'm saying is, is, like, it's not like he got home that night and read through it and Amy read through it and then. Two weeks later, they came back with, okay, we like this, but not this. And there was like, there's been this like back and forth over the uh, second half of the season. Like, legitimately, like, didn't. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they looked at it at all. Like, I don't think he looked at it at all. Like, I, I just think that's who he is. And they even said the season ended and Cunningham had to come remind him, hey, that uh that, that that extension that 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 seven figure raise is in your bag. You think we can uh think we can get together and hash that out? Yeah, <laughs> like, after the season is Cruton season, <laughs> right? It looks like we'll talk about the assistance first. We'll make sure that that indoor practice facility is uh, fast tracking the way that we want it to. And if all that's good, then yeah, we'll sit down and we'll uh we'll cross some eyes and dots and t's. Yeah. What's it? Uh, what's it tell you about heading into the Big Twelve, like in the their ability to be "quote unquote" day one ready, as they say? I mean, I've never really worried about the fo- the football program itself. Yeah, I think, and I don't. I don't say this in a 
like a derogatory way. I think the fan base as a whole is the one that needs to step up and be day one ready. Like being on the fan council and having these discussions and seeing things and I'm not, not allowed to get into it, but like as a fan base from a booster donation involvement support standpoint, we ain't day one ready. Nope. Now, part of that is it's just getting used to that. Part of that is nobody else in the Big 12, currently structured, is in a city like Cincinnati. So, like, imagine if you, you know, my family, for instance, we go to football, my mom and my aunt go to basketball, my dad goes to Bengals. Like, just imagine if, you know, Baylor, Baylor football was your thing. You got plenty of extra money to give to Baylor football. That's what you're up against. You got plenty of extra money to give to Kansas basketball. So from a fan perspective, and it's not just like a support as we go to games and we, you know, are big on social media stuff. It's like, it's dollars. Yeah. Lots of them. And everybody's going to have to, you know, if you enjoy this winning, going to have to find a couple extra nickels in your, in your cigarette, you know, in your ashtray, in your car. Well, but the big problem is the people that make the difference at those places aren't finding nickels in the ashtray. Sure. Well, I'm just using <laughs> I know. Right. But, that's, but that, make, that it makes it even more imperative. Right. Like Luke talked about, like, now's the time we need to be going to P&G. And now's the time we need to be hitting up, like, where the actual money is in this city. Sure. Like, we did it right. We didn't go beg for money when we didn't have a pot to piss in in terms of how good we were. But now, we real good. And it's time for the city of Cincinnati to get on board and let's all be real good. Yep. The Bengals, the Bengals getting good makes that a little more interesting, too. Because, Well, the Bengals getting good, but just go to all the Reds supporters yeah <laughs> if you back the reds come come hang with us why <laughs> right. what are you what are you doing and that hurts to say i'm a reds guy I have been my whole life but have a good night michael thanks for chiming in appreciate um, you but yeah i you know i would you know we will get you'll get the opportunity as always to kind of talk to luke pre-spring practice but you know, there's now that these things are kind of in motion. You know, I'd I'd love to hear. You know, you're always asking what's next, what's next, but like he's been at Ohio State, so he's been at the place that literally has it all. Right. So the big shiny new practice facility thing is the. Yeah, North Star is the attention grabber. But like, 
these big programs, I want to know from him, like, what are the incremental behind the scenes things that we don't even really see that you feel like are needed to kind of keep moving the operation forward? Right. Out, you know, outside of being able to have X. NFL head coaches as analysts <laughs> right. and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, what are the things that you, that will put them m- more on par with the, the bigger programs? Cause there is stuff that go, that it goes even deeper than just facilities. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think it's a, you know, it's interesting because it's, I think there's a very fine line when you start looking at, like in Alabama, Georgia, like what are they, what are they spending that is necessary Sure. to be great? What are they spending that is just because they can No, Here's the thing. I don't think people get, they have to because well, yeah, there, there's, there's things that are necessary. There's well, that's to me, that's like, they have to, well, let me, let me get what, to what I mean by they have to. You know what they don't ever do in college athletics? Right, they have they have, have to break they have to they break don't, even. Yeah, they don't ever have any like they, they're never there's never money in the black when we get to the end of the fiscal year. Somehow it always either ends up almost canceling out or we lost money last year. We brought in you know 187 million dollars but I mean, what, our it, athletic it, department lost money. It probably has goes to paying down debt on things or to scholarships. I mean, that's what I would say. Some of it, yeah. But there's also just like they do some frivolous shit. Because they're not they're not paying for the all these new facilities in, in cash. They're taking right. loans, so they're sure. so they're paying the debt down. But like but my you, point being, you know, it'd be easier paying the damn debt down on the lender from the center. lender center. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm aware. I, mean, I know we know, but I mean, I'm just saying, like everybody talks about Big Twelve money and building the like. I tell you where the Big Twelve money's going. It's, right, it's going to pay down the debt on that building, and and the next building, and the right. next building, and yeah. now the next building. Exactly. We're four buildings in on where there's debt. <laughs> or at least will be. Um, that, but yeah, didn't mean to sidetrack there, but it, that's, you have to find that balance of this is the stuff that we need and not just like we're, we, we have to have this because everybody else has it, even though it doesn't really matter at all. Like where they've been really lucky. I think it's like just funny, like, when you talk about that stuff, like who do you think brings the plans to Nick Saban is like, okay, here's where the recording studio is going to go. And here's where the barbershop, he, cause he's going in his, he's going, this is not going to help us be better at football. Right. Didn't but he knows. It's going to help us get better players. But like yeah. they build the recording studio in how many times do you think those things actually get used? Very little. I mean, They're I'm sure there. there are guys that like yeah, have but he, that. But they probably are fearful of like, oh, coach is going to see me not focusing on football. Right. <laughs> but if you're Cincinnati, like where it does matter, here's where it does matter. You invite a kid to spring practice on March 11th. 
And that's a windy, 45-degree, cloudy day in Cincinnati. And they got a stand at Shakely Athletic Facility in their hoodie, in their jacket. Dude, there's some gloves on. Even in the bubble, half the Mac has indoor facilities. Right. And then they go to... My dad went to Wittenberg in Springfield. They have an indoor facility. It's insanely nice. Yeah. Like, insanely nice. Weight room, insanely nice. Indoor, insane. Like, that's a D3 school that is good at football, but it's a D3 school. That's the stuff that matters. That, like, that you have to, in recruiting alone, you have to keep up with everybody else. That's why Luke is is so adamant about like I'm not looking at my contract until I'm I'm sure I'm certain that this indoor practice facility is happening. Oh yeah, just have something. They're not gonna yeah. the the recruits and the they're not gonna nitpick who's who's this is nicer who's that is nicer in right they're not going home and grading everything well the bathrooms at michigan were an eight but the yeah and the, and the the light the, the way they displayed the uniforms at, at you know oregon i liked more than the way they display them at georgia right like no they're just have you just something. have to be on par you have to be like on equal footing it doesn't have to be as good but it has to exist and it has to be nice. Because it's not going to be. I mean, these places right. are, you know, the teams you're competing against on the field have large land-grant universities or are state schools that have been in a power conference for half a century or more. Right. Like, you're, we're never going to catch up. But you can at least, you know get a little closer like it's just not from that standpoint we're never going to catch up football's net was i mean how are you going to catch up to places like ohio state and alabama where football's been important 100 years behind 100 years behind so don't think of it as catching up think of it as just you know having something that is similar (laughs) think of it as getting drafted (laughs) <laughs> like you, you're getting your chance to go play in the big leagues. You just got to prove you belong. You've been playing in the minors. Call spade a spade, especially in the football world. You've been playing in the minors for a long time. Yeah. And now's your chance to go play in the big leagues. Don't screw it up. Get it right. Um, what else you got, Dave? Football related, uh, yeah. Football recruiting is kind of in a football in a looks lull like, right now. Looks like the uh, conference schedule with dates will be announced tomorrow afternoon. Okay. And it also looks like it will just be a reversal of this year. Yeah. They just which, they threw the they threw the talent on creativity, which for UC turns out to be pretty good. Uh, except for if you have season tickets. I just mean for the team. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> not not a lot of not a lot of marquee home battles. Uh, no, but, but we're in a dog shit conference. What do people expect? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, at Arkansas, Indiana here. 
Miami at Paul Brown. Yeah, Miami and Paul Brown. Who's well, the think, FCS? I think Kennesaw State. Okay. Um, and then a flip flop of this year, which which you go to SMU, you go to UCF, but your home games are on the easier. Like I think it's better. All very the, winnable. Right. It's better on the standpoint of having to break in a lot of new, you know, a good amount of new in some areas. You don't want your harder games at home because you know you're probably going to, you know, have some a struggle or two on the road as is. Right. So you don't want to – you'd rather just know that you're going to get some some wins because you're at home. Well, we'll have that to discuss going forward. Other than that, I mean – Combines in two weeks, so there'll be plenty of UC stuff surrounding yeah. that. Um, but you know, other than that, there's you know, football's we're kind of in that quiet football period. Yeah, I think everybody's on vacation. Yeah, because you're in, you know, you're in one of those dead period windows, which this is why those dead period windows exist is so that coaches can get a vacation in. And then once you come back, as soon as you come back, it's spring football, it's recruiting, you know, you're right, right in the mix of getting started on that 2023 class or at least what used to be started on the 20 on the next class. They've already got a, uh, a heck of a head start uh, from where things used to be. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting once everything kicks back up, but right now it's kind of uh, in that, in that slow period. So thank you, Luke Fickle for telling Justin about your extension so that we had something to talk about football wise this week on the podcast. Much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. Timestamp that football, Aaron. Timestamp, y'all. And uh, let's let's get to Dave Does Los Angeles. Where where do you want to start? Uh, I don't know. How was how was the trip out there? How was how was the Atlanta airport? Um, how were the flights? Was everything smooth? Well, let's see. Let's start with the flight from, was it Cincinnati to Atlanta or Atlanta to LA? One of those flights, um, we landed so hard, I thought the bottom was going to drop out of the plane. Uh And then the pilot slammed the brakes on so hard, it was like, you know, you're peeling out for a <laughs> mile. Just slam your forehead into the back seat in front of pra- the chair. Practically. In front of you. Apparently, he, he got on the PA after. He was like, sorry for the landing. I reverted back to my Air Force, something Air Force or something days <laughs> when he was landing on aircraft carriers. He was trying to land in like 30 yards yeah, so that so, he didn't go into the ocean. <laughs> uh, uh, no, LA, LA is was a lot of fun but the traffic is just insane 
Like, yeah, it's a monster. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like it's, it's just, it's not my thing, you know. How much were you driving? We had to, we had to Uber around a decent amount. Yeah. Um. Well, you like you bounced around a lot though, right? Like you, you went to the Viper Room. Yeah, we went to you know we went out to dinners Friday night, Saturday night. Went to the the big tailgate on Saturday. Just I mean, none of these places are that far from each other. It just takes forever to get there. Yeah, I mean it's all within. Everything's like within five miles of each other. Yeah, I mean, most, LA most, is not as like it's not as big. Like New York is massive, right? Like, LAX to where we were, we were stayed up by Universal. Okay, it's like twenty five miles. Took us an hour and ten minutes to get. Oh, twenty five miles in LA is like seventy miles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but you know, it was just it didn't matter what time of night, when you know, what time of day, nothing. You know the answer to that live by the beach and you never go like we never went (laughs) with LA traffic pretty much why I left. I had, I had the opposite experience, Brian. We lived in Hermosa and we very rarely left like Hermosa, Manhattan, Redondo. Well, yeah, I feel like you didn't go anywhere. (laughs) You just find the spot and you just kind of like stick in your little bubble. That's exactly what we did. I worked in Torrance, which was basically you just leave Hermosa. You go over the hill and you were in Torrance. And that was really like I didn't go like anywhere else because the first time you hit the four hundred five, and it can be three o'clock in the morning. The yeah. first time you hit the four hundred five, you're like, I never want to do this ever again. Yeah, ever again. It's a nightmare. But uh, went to like did like the the steak place. How was the steak? I'll I'll say this for our, for our Cincinnati people. That our our Dayton area people, we are incredibly spoiled to have Jeff Ruby's and his restaurants and the Pine Club up in Dayton. Because this place, Walt's Hitching Post, it was Walt's Hitching Post also. Like this place was good, it was fine, it wasn't anywhere near. Those places and this, you know, it was Texas Roadhouse. No, no I'm not, I'm <laughs> I know, not going but, yeah. that far. But, uh, but that was that was Friday night. We, we did the Bengals tailgate Saturday. That was pretty cool. We had to leave to go to dinner Saturday before Coolio showed up and performed. Gosh, really, really upset you missed that I, one. Yeah, right? exactly. My my chicken parm was much much better than than Coolio's performance. I know that. Much. Chicken parm, you taste so that was the good. Be- that was the best meal I had the whole time. <laughs> chicken parm and some and some pasta. Um, but I mean, it was cr- much much. I mean, there was a heat advisory on. It was hot, right? It was much warmer. I mean, it was nice and it was warm, but it was much warmer than even the normal. Um, we did get, get lucky as all get out after the game. After we left the game, we got got an Uber in the Uber on the freeway in less than like 25 minutes. Impressive. It was, yeah, we just got lucky that the Uber that that grabbed our 
fair was like a block away from where we were standing. So I called nice. I called the guy and I was like, don't move, we'll come to you. <laughs> Stay right there. Yeah, but it was it was good. Just, yeah, let's see. This SoFi Stadium is pretty cool. It is a lot of wasted money. Uh, meaning? Meaning, like, do you need, like, a huge lake in front of it on one side? Do you need, like, gardens and ferns and all these things inside? But, like, when you go to the bathroom, nowhere to see the game as you go to the bathroom. There's no outside of like in the bars and concession stands. There's no TVs. That's weird. So you, and you can't like from where we were. We were in the 400 level behind the Bengals end zone. So you walk to the one round the side to go to the bathroom, and it's a decent little walk. There's no TVs anywhere, and you can't see the game. Like you can't even see the massive scoreboard. You can't hear anything. You go to the bathroom. There's no radio or sound in the bathroom so it's kind of like the radio in the bathroom no like if you went to the bathroom you had no idea what was going on in the game that seems like some bullshit yeah just it's just kind of sterile and maybe they took some stuff down because it wasn't a home game for the rams or the chargers but it, it was just kind of like a i don't know it was just kind of Odd in that sense. Was um, it as warm? Like, did it? Did the arena, the, the stadium provide some relief from like the, the how hot it was? If you were walking around, yes. There, since it's open air, yeah, like, there would be a breeze and stuff, and that felt good. But once you actually went to your seat, you didn't feel that. So it was it was pretty warm. <laughs> But then once the sun went, yeah, once the sun was down, it was fine. Right. How ready were you to just get absolutely destroyed celebrating a Bengals championship? Very, very ready. But at what point? Like, what? So I'm guessing it wasn't the T. Higgins touchdown, but the interception that happened right afterwards. Dave was like, "This, this is a wrap." No, I wasn't. This is, I, you know, I felt pretty good. I I felt I was feeling real good as Sean McVay kept trying to run Run the the Bengals into a Super Bowl win. Yeah. Um, And then someone, 2.2 yards at a time. Someone else on the last possession decided to call the plays. (laughs) Hope that guy, you know, has bad things happen to him. Hey Sean, we have Cooper Cup, <laughs> but but no, and they're putting Eli Apple on him. I mean, there should, there was just look at that. There's there was just a lot that you know, and it's kind of it's not even the offensive line thing. Obviously, that gets most of the attention, but like for a long you know for a long time, the playoffs and even before that, they'd been bad in the red zone. Yeah, you know, you get to the eleven yard line field goal you get an interception that starts you know inside the well, what, the only red zone touchdown was the mixing pass yeah right? i mean you, you get the interception 
I mean, you get that interception, you score a touchdown on that drive, the game is over. Yeah. But you only you get in a field goal again. Um, red zone issues had popped, had been a problem the whole second half of the year. They stayed that way. Um, so, you know, short yardage issues, regardless of who the running back has been, mm. has been a problem all year. Grumble, they grumble, stayed, grumble. They stayed that way. So you, you win the Super Bowl with your best players, not Samaj P. Ryan. I agree. I agree. I mean, you I paid Joe Mixon more money. Here was the thing I didn't like today, and he admitted it. Like I guess he like more than people realize. He admitted a massive mistake. Oh yeah, he he was honest. I mean, that's what you want, right? Because. They threw an incomplete pass on second down. You had plenty of time to get Joe Mixon on the field. And he basically said he waited too long to get the play yeah. in, and they would have had to have called a timeout. Okay, call the timeout. Well, that would have been your last one. <laughs> you needed like seven yards, Dave. No, I'm, I'm just first down. I, I understand. I don't like running the ball there i don't necessarily either but aaron donald was eating people alive at that point just throw the ball out to jamar chase on like a two two-step drop mm-hmm. like uh, yeah i'm not gonna re i don't i'm not gonna rehash you know stuff like that i mean we know we all you know we saw it we know you know there's there's gonna be calls that you you wish you had back um i still said my biggest complaint was it wasn't that like I didn't like P Ryan being taking that the third and one instead of mixing. My biggest was OBJ's gone. Why is Awuzie not on Cooper Cup? Sure. Why is Eli Apple on Cooper Cup? They should not be able to scheme you out of that. You should be telling Awuzie wherever ten goes, you go because I watched Matthew Stafford throw passes to the rest of those guys, and it was fucking ugly. Well, don't you just double him regardless of who the corner sure, is? But I but you also do it with your best corner. Yeah, no, I know. I mean you could say like on the on the P Ryan run play, like you had had a decent amount of success actually going heavy yeah, and you're, running you're gonna, power yeah. Yeah. where instead they ran shotgun, you know that type of run play where Piran's, you know, for whatever you know, whatever you want to say about him, like I'd rather him. Like run... I don't think like this wasn't a referendum on Piran sucks. No, like, no, the, it was a referendum on better than him. The the play, too. yeah. Like if you want to, if you if you're late putting Nixon in, I didn't like the play either. Right. But whatever. Run the ball at Aaron Donald on third and one. Yeah, I mean, there's with the Super Bowl on the line. There's throws that I know Burrow's gonna gonna not him or or not throws. Um, but you know, my I guess my overall reaction is just it's not like I wasn't mad. I was I was just like, damn, we like just we damn. should have won the like, Super they, Bowl. They they, they really. <laughs> Could have, should have won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. four, you know, 
I don't know if you saw it or if any of our listeners did that, that follow Paul Daner, you know, not counting drives that ended in a kneel down, whether it was the end of the half or the end of the game, the Bengals did not go scoreless on five straight drives at oh, any yeah. point this season yep. until the final five drives of the game. Yeah. It's just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, You've got to be kidding me. In that game, that's when that happens. Not, you know, not in some game in week six. And also, (laughs) the Rams leaned on their stars. Sure. Like, that's why you get a bunch of stars. So that when you're in the Super Bowl and the game's on the line, like, your stars are the ones that... Yep. That... The game is in their hands. Yeah. And the Bengals didn't do that, and that was frustrating. No. I mean. How many throws to chase over those final six drives, five drives, whatever? Like, find a way to get the ball in his hands. I mean, him and T torched Jalen Ramsey. Torched. Like, the worst game of Jalen Ramsey's career. So, but. That's some. That's the way it goes sometimes. I mean, I know. I know. Obviously, a lot of people are, you know, talking about the the calls at the end and the one I'm looking. <coughs> excuse me. The one on Logan Wilson was a bad call, but I mean, my my thing, my thing is. I have two, my two, I really only have two takeaways from the officiating. One is, I just didn't like that you called it one way for 58 minutes, basically. And then, and then changed it up. Yeah. Which everybody in the, like everybody in the NFL, I mean, I I was listening to something where they were talking about a podcast Scott Pioli was on, who used to be the general manager of the Patriots with when they had Brady and Belichick and that, that Belichick would basically tell the players in the conference championship game and the Super Bowl, be more physical. They aren't going to call penalties. Right. Nobody wants to watch the Super Bowl where the refs throw a flag on every other play. Right. And did they did they miss a clear penalty on T. Higgins? Absolutely. Like I saw it from my seat. <laughs> But like, if you're gonna let that go, and I'm sure they there were no there was one holding penalty the entire game. How does the Bengals dog shit offensive line not, not hold for one <laughs> right. holding penalty? <laughs> so there's there's one holding penalty the entire game, and then all of a sudden they call the penalty on Logan Wilson, which makes me wonder like if that's a penalty on Logan Wilson, it is literally impossible. For linebackers, somebody, right. linebackers to cover tight ends or wide receivers, if that's going to be a penalty. Yeah. And my second takeaway from the officiating is that it's inexcusable to miss a false start when it's on four players on your offensive line yeah. when the, the line judge has one fucking job to do. That's it. On that play, before the bonus, that's his only job. And you miss yeah. both tackles 
move, then both guards move before the ball is snapped. And that's and the Logan Wilson play. If it's third and 13 with a minute 47, third and goal from the 13 with a minute and 47 left, what happens? They throw it to Cooper Cup on Eli Apple and get a touchdown. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, but you're, you're in totally different coverage. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm but kidding. I'm just like, I mean, all the other stuff is subjective, but like, that's your only job. Like, yeah. watch to see if someone moves before the ball snapped. And they couldn't even do that correctly at the end of the game. How was the halftime show live? It was fine. It was fine. You're not you're not a big you're not a big '90s hip hop guy. I don't no, I, I personally, if it would have just been Eminem, Snoop, and Dre, it would have been great. <laughs> Mary, you don't like? I'm a Mary J guy. I like Mary J. Oh, so you you, you were fine with? You would have been like, no, it's cool. Like, I mean, Eminem gave up a song so Full Dollar could come in and hang from the rafters. <laughs> He was. He just put on some weight. No, I. I enjoyed thick. all. I enjoyed all of it. And as soon as it was over, I was like, "That's cool. Let's go win a fucking Super Bowl." Yeah, that's the thing. Your <laughs> brain was in a different place. Yeah. <laughs> you were. You were not Evan McPherson. No. Who appeared to be having the time of his life. Hey, the time. I don't blame him either. I mean, right? What's he got? What's he? What adjustments does he have to make? Yeah. Kick no, the I mean, ball. It, it was. I thought it was it was cool the the way that the lights show worked was cool like the whole thing was cool but I'm there to watch the Super Bowl man I'm it could have been <laughs> you waited your out, whole life for this it right? could have been anybody out there at halftime I'd have felt the same way <laughs> oh shit but it's yeah it was a it was a very 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 cool experience that I hope we get to do again but you just never know. I mean, no. I think they will. I think Burrow's a different dude. Yeah. But you just you just never know. I mean, <clears throat> you know, so many things have to go your way. And being good helps them go your way. Right. But, but you have injuries and, sure. you know, what happens in the rest of the division kind of went their way this year. I mean, if, if Jamar Chase just has a normal rookie year. That's, right. that's that's really good. Yeah. Do you go? Eleven hundred yards. Like if, you if know, he has eight touchdowns. Right. Like I mean, just go back to the the Chiefs game that they won at home to clinch the division. He had two hundred sixty six yards and three touchdowns. Right. They has one hundred and seventy five yards and two touchdowns, which would be insane. And they, they don't lose. win that game. Yeah. And then they have to go to Cleveland the next week, and they have to win just to make the playoffs. Right. And they don't say they don't win, then they don't even make the playoffs. Like so many things. Like it's just not so easy to be like, oh yeah, we're young and Burrow's great. And like I think they'll be back. Like I think they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix for a long time. They also did the one thing in the NFL that matters probably more than any other league. They got hot at the right time. Got hot at the right time. And they know that there's there's no magic formula to getting hot at the right no, time. No, the, the Ravens won a Super Bowl with fucking Joe Flacco. Yeah. Because he had the hottest, best play three, four games of his life. Right. You know, at the exact right time. But I think they've got, you know, they've got the quarterback. And, you know, I'm not worried 
like they're clearly capable of addressing the offensive line. They've it's not that they haven't thrown resources at it. Right. They've just been bad at picking those resources. So like really it's bad. it's not like they've neglected it. It's are they able to I think you're with me. Don't this is not something to address through the draft. It's something to address through both, but it's not something something to only address through the draft. No, you're not getting appreciably better just going like, oh yeah, we're going to get a guy at 31 and plug him in at right whatever left guard, and that's going to fix the line. No, 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 no. But when you go to a Super Bowl and you've got the fan base. Totally re-energized. It now puts the pressure on you to keep it going. Yep. Because, you know, fans can be fickle. Like, yeah, you went to the Super Bowl. And then we watched you do nothing and trot out Hakeem Adenage and Isaiah Prince in 2022. Like, you think we're dumb fucks that didn't watch the playoffs in the Super Bowl. So they've, they've put the pressure on themselves to fix it. Right. You know, it's not the play. It's not the fans like it was last year or the year before. And the offensive line has been, you know, fairly poor for way longer than just this year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But when you now set the bar at Super Bowl. I I will say, Hey, Carson Palmer. Go fuck yourself. Don't even start with that dude. Go fuck yourself, man. Like, go look at what he had. He had a monster offensive line. He had weapons everywhere. They also signed him to a contract extension and went still had two years left on it and made him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. At the For time, that guy like, to be running around acting like they didn't do everything they could. Five-year extension for $97 million at the time. Yeah, that shows you how much quarterback salaries have changed since then. But that dude, I, I, I just wish one of the people interviewing him would, would be like, hey, are you saying they didn't support you with Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada and – Rudy Chris Johnson. Henry and Rudy Johnson and Andrew Whitworth and what Bobby Williams, Willie Anderson, Eric Steinbach, was Eric second, Steinbach was the second round pick the year he was drafted. <laughs> Kelly Kelly Washington was the third round pick. They went all offense the year they yeah, drafted him. The Squirrel. <laughs> he's I, just he's just bitter, man. I know he is, but like, but that okay, he's bitter. That's fine. I want somebody to be like Carson. They supported you at an elite level offensively. Did they have some knuckleheads on defense? Like, did they take gambles on that side? Yeah, you know why they had to take gambles on that side of the ball? Because they spent all their money on offense. So that you could have what you wanted. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And it's it's a little bit different now, too, in the sense of, like, I'm I'm interested to see now that they are active in and you would expect them to be again. I don't know why you wouldn't, but like 
all of their agencies a thing that they're all of their drafts up until the last two years had to hit so much because they didn't ever do anything in free agency right so like all of the misses the the jake fishers and the cedric robohees were those misses were heightened because there wasn't supplementation through free agency right right so while they're drafting in a place that they've never obviously you know drafted before and they even when they would make the playoffs and they would they seem to always have like the 21st pick they'd lose the first playoff game and get the 21st pick like three years in a row right they weren't great with that they weren't great with it but it was it was heightened because it was like this is the only option right 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 they, right. they, they didn't they went into the draft pigeon like the like billy price picked like they would go into the draft pigeonholed because they did nothing in free agency so they right. they had to pray to god that somebody at that position that they needed would be available and sometimes it that player wouldn't be available and they'd still pick a player like to me honestly if we're looking at truly best player at a position that I think they need my first round pick would be a defensive tackle to put yeah. next to a pass rushing defensive tackle to put next to, to reader because the value of that the guys that again we're several months away those that guy is going to make way bigger impact than some rookie tackle or guard is Ogan Joby out I mean he was, on, he was on a one-year deal and he got hurt okay. so okay. could they bring him back on a I mean some it's I, that's those are the type of things that it's like but he, I mean he was fine but you need you need a next building block piece you need a the next Jeffrey Simmons, the next Chris Jones, the next, not Aaron Donald. I'm not going to say next Aaron Donald. I, maybe I'm crazy. I go after another guy that can get after the quarterback because that was the thing in the in the second well, half of what, the Super that's Bowl. That's what I mean. It's the from but, that I mean even either that position or another rush end, like a situational. Like I, Sam Hubbard's great. Well, they'll have they'll have their third round pick next year. Who but he's coming off a pretty serious injury. Sure, right? but like a, a nut, no, not it's he should be fine. Okay. But the only problem there is is where like where are the snaps? If he's fine and Hubbard and Hendrickson are fine, like to take someone that high, like who are they bumping out? Because so I get why you're saying like get a get an inside guy. Because on, on third downs, Hubbard will kick inside and Osile play the other end with Hendrickson at the other side. So we'll have they got to get to the quarterback. Like they've right. got that's, to, that's why I have defensive tackle. Okay. Like a, a three technique, like a Gino watching Stafford stood back there and just, right. he didn't have anybody to throw to. Well, there were, he still had an hour to throw at the end of the game that like the three defensive linemen were like cam sample, Josh Tupo and Khalid Kareem. Not good enough. No. But it's fun to have those conversations when you're sure coming off a Super Bowl, not coming off a six and you know, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're gonna be messed up because normally by this point you're a month into your draft prep. 
Yeah, I don't know. And... I don't know a lot about uh, you know, <laughs> the draft yet, but um, you're you're in kind of the same situation as the Bengals right now. They got right. a lot of ground to make up. They can they can maybe use my help. Give them a call. Hit yeah. them up on Twitter at Dave Simone, David Simone. Yeah. They can't afford me. <laughs> All right, I don't have anything else for today. I, I, oh, I saw one of the game balls today. You saw one of what? The game balls. What game balls? That they hand out around town. Oh, like you were at a place that got one? Yeah. Where were you? Delwood. Have you ever been to Delwood? I'm like, is that part of Cincinnati? Like, it's Kenwood? in Mount Lookout. Or is it a place? The restaurant is called Delwood. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it's Delwood. It's in Mount Lookout. So we, these winter hours are killing me. So we didn't get to really do anything for Valentine's Day because I was busy. Um, so today, and Kelly has treatment tomorrow for, like I said, for the the clinical trials, her second treatment's tomorrow. So she probably, like, you know, you deal with nausea and headache and diarrhea and all the little, like, common side effects. Um, so she probably won't eat a bunch tomorrow. She probably won't eat a bunch on Friday. So, like, our plan is... Like Wednesday, <laughs> we'll go out and get something nice to eat. So last night we were talking about it and we decided we were going to go to the turf club. And I looked it up and it said they're at, they were open 11 to 11. Like Terry's? Well, oh, it's boy. not Terry. Yeah, right. It's the yeah. same place. It's just called the turf club now. So we get there and it turns out their winter hours uh, they're not open for lunch until Friday and Saturday. It's like, well, shit. So we're close to Zips. Let's go to Zips. Lunch hours only on Friday and Saturday. <laughs> like, you have got to be kidding. All of Mount Lookout, there was one spot open. How did it go? It was the food, the burgers were really good. They had kind of like an in and out sauce on them. They were just a basic double cheeseburger, really good bun, two really good patties, good sauce, and some crinkle fries. They had kind of a aioli that went with it. Uh, we also got some ketchup. Um, so they were, it was really good stuff. And I looked up and there was one of the game balls. And yeah. so Zach lives in Mount Lookout somewhere. And I guess that's one of his like oh, family yeah. spots. Yeah, he's so, like, he basically moved right back to the same area he yeah. lived when he was here for UC. Yeah. Um, so I asked the bartender, and she said they, they see Zach some more in the summer, obviously. Uh, but but his wife gets Carrie out there a lot, so she's in all the time, and that's one of their go-to spots. So it was one of the spots that I think it was after the Titans game that they brought the was the 22nd the titans of january yeah or was that the raiders was that the first first round uh, the whole last like month or so has been a, a blur so 22nd 29th it would have been the it would have been the titans so they had the one of the game balls from the titans so i got to see that that was pretty cool i would recommend their burgers the burger was very very good uh, and then one of their other specialty is their uh, spicy chicken sandwich that the people next to us had that looked pretty good. 
So Delwood is on the list of uh, of places we like. But we didn't, we, we you know, sometimes that's how the universe works, right? Like that's you right. think you're going to go to places you've been before and you're forced to go to something you don't like. And you're like, oh, actually, I kind of, I dug this vibe a little bit better. And they had, um, I don't know if you're probably not familiar with this. Have you ever heard of Kachasa? No. So it is basically, it's the number one liquor in Brazil. Okay. And it is, it is made exactly like tequila, but instead of with agave, it's made out of sugar cane. Okay. So they, they, you take a lime, like half a lime, you quarter it, you put two sugar cubes in and you muddle the sugar cubes and lime together. And then you pour in the cachaça and then some ice, mix it up. And Kelly had one of those, which we used to drink all the time uh, back in our 20s. And uh, that was a delight. So it was, a, it was an enjoyable lunch today. I guess the the mom of the owner is from Peru. Okay. And she there's some Peruvian the yuca fries. Yeah. A couple different things that are, uh, you know, of that culture that they serve there as well. And uh, if I say it wrong, I always thought it was Capanea is the name of the drink. Uh, but when the bartender said it, I was like, that's not how I, it's not how I learned how to say it. <laughs> but it's made with cachaça. And it was really, it's really good stuff. That's about all I got. Oh, I want to tell you what they did to me last night, Dave. What's that? These two women of mine. I was going to the game. I'm like, what are you guys going to do for dinner? And she's like, oh, we're just going to eat here. Like, you know, whatever. Have some leftovers or have whatever's in the fridge. And I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe we'll go out tomorrow. And uh, I come back home. They went to Texas Roadhouse. Kelly had a filet. Kelsey had a... I was like, what? You, you think dad doesn't like steak? Like y'all, you just arbitrarily, you two decide while dad's away, we're gonna we're gonna go get some steak. Unbelievable. I bet that's what your wife. Well, your yours isn't old enough yet to have expensive tastes, and he's a boy, so he probably won't. But when I go to games, my family tells me they're gonna eat leftovers, and instead they go out for steak dinners. Well, if he eats anything like me, he will. But right right now, we're on a pretty yeah. Just he right, doesn't know yet. Right. He doesn't know yet. Kelsey knows. So, and apparently, normally these when these things happen, they're Kelsey's idea and Kelly just gives in. And Kelsey was like, I want canes. And your mom was like, how about we go get some filet mignon? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it went. No, that's exactly how it went. They both admitted to it now that like. Oh, wait. Like, Kelly said, let's go get filet mignon. Kelsey said, I want canes. And Kelly said, how about we go get some filet mignon instead? <laughs> I would have thought it would be the other way around. Yeah, it usually is. But last night, last night it was my wife that betrayed me, not the kid. They could have went and got like a, a an $8 uh, order from Cane's. And instead yeah, they so went out. Yeah, now, so for... now Saturday you're going to like suggest something. They're going to go, no, let's just get like Chipotle. Yeah, yeah let's just get, you, you want to get some Burger King? No, no one ever wants to get some burger. 
<laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I, I've been telling stories for too long. I should have saved these for Friday. Yeah, you gotta. You wanna. You wanna bef- quickly before we get out of here. You wanna. Yeah, it's a, a subathon Friday. Everybody in on what this grandiose plan of yours is? YouTube. We're gonna be live from noon to midnight. Hypothetically, <laughs> we'll yeah. see how it goes. That, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. We're working on scheduling guests. Uh, Aaron and I have been uh, kind of thumbing through things. Uh, for, for my for my loyalists out there, if you're if you're up and having a beverage, you might you might get a special treat that only comes a couple times a year. Late, late. You know when the sun after, goes after the, the sun, sun goes, goes down. down. I'm gonna I'm do my best to be a little bit more sober than I was last night. So. Aaron was bad last night, Dave. That's what he Oof. said. Oof. I checked what, what, in. I checked in on the PTP, and he was like, "I was." What, what were you celebrating? I was trying to not watch that game. That was, they had two. They had two dollar fat tires. Apparently, at Mia's. That it was Tuesday. You were celebrating Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I think it yeah. just it it, it 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 Ed said you weren't that bad at the start of the show. It just at some point it it hit you like a. Ton of bricks. A ton of bricks. <laughs> it wasn't good. And then it was what time to go. To, what, yeah. What do you have to say about tomorrow, Aaron? Um, we got a lot of guests lined up. Uh, we're still getting no, Friday. Some, Sorry, Friday. Friday. Uh, we got we got a lot of guests. We got some guys um, still trying to figure out the time schedules, but um, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, twelve hours. You and I talking UC and whatever else. I mean, imagine there's going to be some some shenanigans dealing with you for that long. Yeah, there's there's going my to brain be. just Squirrel. try um, imagine trying to keep me on track for 12 hours. I I didn't marry you, that's not my job, but uh but on Friday it is, so we'll see. I uh we do have a new tentative, yes. We're still ironing out time. The goat, Dan Horde. There we go. Has we uh, also- agreed to come on. We also added Mo Egger since we last updated everybody. Um, yeah, Mo is coming on. So another All American from from the basketball team. Working on it, and uh, we'll see. I've got a couple other feelers out. I'm waiting to hear back from some people. Got some things to shore up tomorrow. Um, it's gonna be fun. Like it, it, it at work. If you're hanging out at work all day. That'll be a great, like, you know, turn us on at lunch and uh, and keep us on throughout the afternoon. I've been working, like, so far I've been working hard to fill up the daytime hours. Yeah. Because I think those are the most difficult. I agree. Um, the nighttime stuff, I think, is going to take care of itself. I think it'll be fun. And then we just have to wait for the guy in Mexico to tell us uh, when it's good for him. Like, right. so that's when it'll all start to fall in place is is when the boss man says this is when i can grace you with my presence for 20 minutes from mexico we'll also be doing giveaways every hour we have uh 12 giveaways from 513 shirts that we'll be doing throughout the day uh you have to be on the channel uh subscribed liked and commenting uh we're giving away four of the uh these bad boys the uh, state of cincinnati flags and uh eight bearcat articles of clothing of your, your choice. choice your the choice. hats the hoodies 
you name it. You go into the, the Bearcat Journal section of 513 shirts uh, and you get to pick uh, whatever you want. And I'll have an app on my phone that we can enter the uh, the contestants in so you can see that I'm not cheating or anything like that. So, All right. You're welcome. Cool. Get out of here. Dave, thanks as always. Appreciate the recap of your, your trip to L.A. And uh, we'll be back in a week. Next week will be a little we're gonna have to we're gonna have to stretch it a little bit next week, but the following week we'll get to preview spring football. So yeah, like if football to, season just starts all over again. Might have to find a guest for next week. Yeah. Well, we're gonna probably use up all our guests. No, no, I, I I got one. If you got one no that we that we've discussed in the past. Okay. Recently. I mean, even if we haven't, I don't care. If we're going to need a guest next week. So, <laughs> all right, that wraps it up. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Aaron. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.